I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode of After the Whistle contains profanity. Listener discretion advised. Please enjoy. Good morning, everybody. Welcome into episode 99, and we'll get right to it. We'll just say hello to our Jeremy Ronick. Good morning, JR. Yo. How pissed are you that you got to do this today, JR? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Actually, I'm really happy because I'm pissed that I missed it last week. So I missed you guys. So I don't, I feel like shit. I feel like shit. You look like shit. Did Ty went off last night? Um, I did a Justin Bieber concert last night, and I was ah, singing, dancing. It was awesome. Can you uh, show me your hat? Put your head down there. Does that hat like literally match your shirt? Yes. Yes. Who the fuck does that? Other than Um, other than the golfers, good golfers do that. Are you serious? You have hats that match your golf shirt? Yeah, and I also have my I have my skyline on my shirt, my yeah. company. Yeah, that's it's good promotion. Yeah. So the only you know, the I'm only gonna... guy that I know that's ever done that and pulled that off is Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler with the orange baby. Yeah. So JR, I've got my golf shirt on and I'm uh thinking You're choking. You're choking. You're choking. <laughs> Listen, You're choking. this is what the European guys do. All the European, and I'm I'm thinking that I'm going to go you European. Are this year. Far, you are you are far from European, Rib. Far from. European. I can change. There's only- <laughs> What's going to happen if I show up to the course like this today, and I've got my button done? You're going to get fucking people, people, people. People are going to feel very uncomfortable looking at you. They're going to be like. <laughs> they're going to be like, you, oh, you know what you need to do? You need to go get that that belt that tiger woods wore with the silver tip on it way longer than he needed to. <laughs> okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, this is a trivia question. Okay. Trivia question. Who on the PGA tour wears their shirt? Like you are wearing it right now, Riv. There's one very, very popular player that does it and it drives people crazy. Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler. Nope. No, he, he doesn't, he doesn't button it all up, but Bubba Watson matches. Boom! How'd you get that? Really? Do you even watch Bubble. golf? I hate golf. I, how did you get Bubba How'd Watson? you get that? that because good. I know that I've said before, Bubba Watson looks like a complete fucking nerd. <laughs> like, I think Bubba Watson's an shirt. absolute rock star. He is a rock star. He I didn't say he's not a rock star. I just said he looks He looks like it's a, that's a tough look, man. That like You know what? Yeah, I, I have a lot of respect for him because he was one of the bad boys of the of the PGA Tour. Nobody liked him, right? Not, not the fans didn't like him. The, the players didn't like him. And all of a sudden, he had this like kind of change of attitude, change of zen. Uh, started being really nice on the golf course. Didn't yell at his caddy. Started not complaining on the golf course. I mean, 
he he did a total change of attitude and almost kind of found you know found God as golf goes, and he's like totally changed. He's so it's either cool now. It's either you know? two things, Jr. It's either he found God or reefer, one or the other. This is true. This is this is very true. Well, um, <laughs> Who knows which true. way he went? Yeah. I don't know. Can you do gummies before before a professional golf match? I don't know. I don't think that's that's legal. But is it is well? You think they test? You think they test for gummies on the golf on the golf well, tour? So, so I don't know if this is true, but I heard rumors that when when Jordan Spieth was going through all of his you know through his run where he was winning and winning and winning, he won two majors in 2017, and all of a sudden he fell off the map. Like he couldn't win. He missed cuts. He couldn't keep the ball on the golf course. Is because um, that they they um, the the PGA Tour banned um, uh, one of those one of those pills that calm you down, like it's Xanax or 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 something like that. Yeah, and then you couldn't take it before he played golf. Now I, I heard this. This is, um, this is not my fact, but that all of a sudden he didn't have this this uh, this pill that calms you down, right? That gets Was rid of anxiety. It might have been Adderall. Might have been. I think Adderall. Yes, Adderall. That was the one. And I'm not saying that he was taking Adderall, but I heard rumors that the PGA Tour banned Adderall, which makes a lot of players takes away that you know that that shake, that anxiety feel. And he had to rebuild his whole whole golf swing, and now he's back again, winning golf tournaments. So again, that's he's one of my favorite golfers, Jordan Spieth. But that was just some somebody told me that it was a rumor, but I don't know if it's true. Huh. The guys, uh, the guys on the PGA Tour smoke cigars. Like the guys actually smoke cigars. During the only the- one, the only one that that does that I've seen is the um, is the senior tour guy. Um, he's uh, um, what's his name? The Spaniard. Jimenez or yeah, Jimenez. Exactly. See, you know golf, Miguel Angel Jimenez. Okay, Jimenez. Yeah. He, and by the way, one of the coolest cats on the face of the planet. He, he has the ponytail cigars. too, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's he's played more more golf rounds than anybody in major major tour history. He's pretty he's unbelievable. What a great guy too, and he smokes cigars all the way around the golf course. So if you he's had one, beauty. well, give me give me not one. Give me your top three players that you would love to play with today or past. Um, let's go, let's go just the whole gamut of golf. So for me, I would, I would love to have played with Arnold Palmer. I mean, that's for me that, you know, Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicholas. I mean, that's always the main one. And I would have loved to have played with Payne Stewart. You know, I don't know yeah. if you guys remember Payne Stewart. Yeah. How just the old just awesome. Yeah, exactly. But his personality, I know his son, Aaron, who is an amazing guy. Aaron's a, a um, beautiful man works with the celebrity tour and works at PGA uh, of America. But he, uh, Payne Stewart was one of those guys that just always had a smile on his face, always was that competitor. Um, Payne Stewart passed away. Plane crash. Um, Plane crash. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Yeah. He was like 20 years ago or something. Yeah. He was fishing in Florida. Okay. And, and um, they were flying back in a private and he, they put their fish uh, in coolers uh, with dry ice in the airplane and the dry ice in the airplane created the, um, a carbon, carbon dioxide kind of, um, 
um, thing in combustion. The plane. Yeah, and it and it and it killed everybody in the plane while the plane was still going, and it just flew, just kept flying until it ran out of gas and just went down. It was one of the worst, yeah. one of the worst things I think that I remember for a pro athlete. What, what no, no uh, Tiger Woods. I played with Tiger one time. Um, a long time ago, back at here in Chicago. I'm in Chicago right now. Uh, back when he first started, actually, uh, at the Western Open. So I got to play with him once, and it was pretty, pretty unbelievable. Yeah. So, like, yeah. What, what year are you talking you got to play with him? This is when he first started. This is back. Um, this is when the Western, the, the Western Open used to be at Dubs Tread at Cog Hill. And I'm saying this is... Who when when did when did Tiger start back early ninety six ninety seven late late nineties yeah late nineties yeah, yeah. yeah, late 90s, yeah. Mm -hmm. probably ninety eight ninety nine yeah so that was like then. that was like wheelhouse Tiger it was crazy Tiger yeah it was like really small really thin really lanky but he hit yeah. a three he hit he hit a three iron out of rough that was like this thick the ball was. In, in the rough, this it couldn't even see the ball. He hit a three iron that made a sound that sounded like a crack of thunder, and that ball came right over our heads on a dime and finished like this far from the hole, from like two hundred and twenty yards. I've nothing. I've never seen anything like it. Never. Still. Did you ever yeah. see the documentary that HBO did, the two part series? No, I didn't. Oh, you is it good? Uh, is it good? No. It, I mean, it's a, it's a, how well it was put together and all that stuff. Yes, it was amazing. But the story uh, that Tiger Woods and how he was raised and the shit he was exposed to at a young age, like his dad had a camper. His dad taught like he was a golf coach, I think. And his, well, his golf coach, the pro at, uh, at the club, his dad was in, in the military. So they, they played at this, uh, club that was only for military current and uh veterans and so that's where tiger learned to play golf and his fought the golf pro there and his dad used to hang out they would go out and get women and bring them back to the golf club and they would like he had a he had a camper right off the practice putting green so tiger would be putting practicing his putting and his dad would be in the camper with a woman, not his mother. Like hmm. very just, I mean, there's a lot more than that. Like, I mean, the psychological shit that he went through, the hypnotisms and all, like, I mean, like they made him break up with his girlfriend because she was taking him away from golf. I mean, it was like, he had, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder who had the, the craziest stories, the Williams sisters or tiger. Did you guys see that? Did you see the? the, the yes, the, I uh, did. Yeah, Williams the movie. Yeah, King Richard. Yeah, King Richard with uh, Will Smith. I thought well, you know, you cool. know what's amazing about that, and I don't know if you guys ever think about this, but you know, you 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 look at uh, Tiger Woods, and you look at the way he was brought up with Earl Woods, and the the mind games, the the amount of work and ungodly hours there was no childhood at all okay mm -hmm. no um no. the Williams sisters you watch the movie it was an excellent excellent movie um and and their father um had those both Serena and 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 Venus 
they worked. They worked mm-hmm. ungodly hours. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, I, I remember, uh, PD, after I watched the Venus Williams movie, or this, uh, the Williams sister movie, I thought about the, the Tiger Woods situation and what he had when he br- was brought up. And what, what I thought in my head was, these are great stories. These are great stories because they've turned into literally the best players of their, ever. Of their sport ever. And I thought about how many thousands and thousands and thousands of thousands of families that did the exact same thing and their didn't kids make didn't, didn't make it. it didn't even make it to and, and have and have strained relationships because of it yes right how yeah. the damage that you're doing yeah. to your child at a, yeah. at a young age you think Just that earl woods Just is the only fucking guy the only yeah. dad or or the the williams father do you think he's the only guy that pushed their kids like that? There's yeah. ungodly amount yeah. of families that do it's crazy. It's and crazy. their kids don't, don't get to the promised land. And well, now all of a sudden, don't. those most of them don't. Most it, of them I don't. Think, I think it's the, it's the parent that wants it more than the child. No and question. They push, push and push and they don't understand what I, what, you know, would be interesting to me, Riv is going back, asking a tiger woods or asking a Venus or Serena, if, if knowing what you know now, okay, after getting everything that you've done, would you go back to when you started and do everything this, that your dad said the same again? Was it worth it, right? Would they go through all again, go through the pain, go through the practice, go through the ridicule, go through the yelling, the screaming, the traveling, the, you know, the heartache, the letdowns. That's an um, easy answer, pressure. JR. That's an easy I don't answer. Know, I don't know if it's yes, an easy know. answer. Yes, it is. I don't yes, know. It is. I don't know. When, I don't know when, if it is. when you're when you're sitting, you know, and you're one of the you know highest paid athletes of all time, and Tiger Woods has got a billion dollars in the bank, you know, I think that he would probably say, you know what, it was not ideal, but yes, I would do it because of what I have now. Okay, you you don't think Tiger Woods would want what, to experience what normalcy feels like? He hasn't been normal since he was two. He was on a yeah, but this, he was on a talk show at two years old. So I agree, but this is this is the thing. Like, I think they they know the answer that they would have to say for I think for you know PR for. for vision reasons for uh, for personal reasons but i wonder just if in their head they're like you know there may be some things that i would cut out i wouldn't do because it was so demoralizing you know and people don't want to say oh well poor you right so that of course they're going to say oh i would do it all over again but in the back of their mind they're saying but you know what man i'll go on one i'll go on a, a a much much different scale and I'll just take myself for an example. And, and, and I'm sure you're in the same situation, mm-hmm. JR. And PD, you were in the same situation. We had, a, we had a talk on our show the other day that you went to like 12 high schools or whatever. It was yeah. ungodly. Uh, I transferred like 11 or 12 times. Yeah. And that was because of wow. hockey. That was because of hockey. Wow. But I look back to when I was younger, you know, I got picked up like every bloody weekend where my parents would pick me up on Friday at, at, at lunchtime at school and they would take me down to a hockey tournament or, or something like mm-hmm. that, you know? And I knew that there was stuff happening with my friends on the weekend. 
And it mm-hmm. happened all the time. I miss so much. Um, yep. So you think to yourself about that. And then all the times that your friends, your buddies were going out to, let's say, a party or, or a get together, and you have to stay home because you got to be up because you're on the ice at 830 and you got to be up at seven. So your parents can drive you there. And then, you know, it, it was it was constant. And then moving away, I was I I, I was in grade nine you know, when I went to high school, you know, uh, freshman year and, Mm -hmm. you know, the next year I was gone. I was gone. I was a baby. We didn't have cell phones, FaceTime, all this stuff where you could kind of stay in contact with all your buddies and friends. I left and I sat in my room at my billet's parents because it was just uncomfortable. The school I went to was like three times the size of my high school in North Bay. Mm -hmm. It, It was like, you know, you look back and it's like, you miss so much. Like I miss my high school graduation with all my buddies. Like, you know, like there's, it just, it goes on and on and on. And you ask yourself, would you do it all over again? Because you miss so much. You had to sacrifice a tremendous amount from the age of 15 on or 14 on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 100%. So it's always an interesting question. I, I think most of the answer would be yes, you would do it all again. I mean, because that was the same thing, right? But, um, you know, because what, look, look at what it's gotten us here and look what we can experience now. So we're kind of making up for what we missed as kids and we're doing some stuff now that this game and what we've done kind of created. So it's just a, it's just a cool, cool question and answer because I just wish that, that parents weren't so damn hard on their kids and expected every every child and every kid to that they're going to make the pros they're going to be the next ones right they're going to because that just doesn't happen you know you got to just have i see too many kids that just get crushed and demoralized because there's just so much pressure it's just not needed oh well yeah well it's certainly true and it's a it's a it's a great conversation i'd love to know i'd love to know the truth of what all these great athletes how they everybody has their story yeah yeah, how they really story, feel yeah. about their path. Yeah. Um, well, you know, we, hey, buddy, we go buddy, ahead. Is, is it just me? Are, are, are these playoffs crazier than anything I've seen in a long time? It, like, I was just, I was literally just about to go there and, and I, I feel like these playoffs I, are the greatest playoffs that we may have ever seen in the history of the league. I, I'm, I am in shock. Because everything that you, Riv, you, PD, and I know about playoff hockey has been totally thrown out the window this year in the playoffs, with the exception of Dallas and Calgary. I mean, every single game, there's 10 goals. It's nine goals. It's 5-4, you know, 6-4. This is just like, this is Wild West hockey. Just, I mean, gunslinging at its finest. Last night, I mean, with the Kings coming back, with the Edmonton coming back, tying the game up, going into overtime, Kings hold it on. Like this Kings team, my son picked this, by the way. My son says, I feel that this this LA Kings team is going to make a run. And I can't believe what they're doing with Edmonton right now. 5-4 in overtime. I mean, these series are sick. What Washington's doing with with uh, with Florida? Shit. What well, Toronto's anytime, doing with Tampa? Anytime you feel that a series is starting to turn, 
it goes the other way. I mean, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like last night, I've got all these Toronto Maple Leaf fans. They're all sitting there crying and we got to fire this guy and trade this guy. He sucks. And all of a sudden they fucking win. And now all of a sudden they're on cloud nine. I, 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 I can't handle it. It's the one series right now. I'm telling you people, I'm telling you, if you're not a Toronto Maple, Maple Leaf fan, it's the last team in the league that we want to win. I'm going to tell you this because you will have, you will have an insane amount of people that are in their basement, in their dungeon, that are on the bandwagon, just waiting, please, yeah. waiting for them to win this series. And you will see yeah. Toronto Maple Leafs fans in every city in the United States. Yeah. I'm going to tell you this right now. And I want them but, to win for, but, for, for but, those people. You need to shut the hell up. No, man. Riv, you're but, so wrong. But, you're so wrong. But, I'm so tired of the same you're, story. Because you're talking about HRR. They need more money. Because no, it's not HRR. I don't give a shit about HRR. It doesn't affect me. I'm not paying escrow anymore. I want them to win because, because I feel like like real fan bases, and I'm not taking anything away from Tampa Bay. I know they have a real fan base, but they've and they've won two cups in a row. I'm just saying a fan base like Toronto, love them if you're a Leaf fan, hate them if you're not, that they actually deserve, they deserve it. Like, like they need, the narrative needs to change in Toronto. Like, I don't but, want but, the but, Leafs to lose to is, hear more negativity out of the same fucking media members on a regular basis. But listen to, listen, what's happening, okay? Because it's almost like it is setting up the same scenario that has happened for the last eight years with Toronto. They're, they win game five. They <laughs> go home. They have a chance to win and Say break it, a series just like Boston did. They, and Boston fucking crushed them a couple times. It's set up because if they go back and lose game six, which they probably will in Tampa, they're going to come back and everybody's going to go, Oh no, don't choke this one again. And they're gonna, they have to be thinking about it. Oh, because my, of this. if they don't close out the series tomorrow night, is it tomorrow night in Tampa? Or do they, I think it's tomorrow night. Yeah. Whenever the night, game six, if they don't close out game six in Tampa, they will not win the series. They're in fuck. They're fucked. They're, they're, they will listen, not win the series. Listen, this is the best thing about this. Okay. So Thomas Vanek who's in Minnesota right now must be the most bored man on the planet because he constantly is texting Petey and I about <laughs> hockey. He is like, he is listening to the show religiously. Everything yeah. I say, he's coming back and ripping me on it because I'm butchering names. And I, this love and I, I love it. I love it. And, and, and we, we talk about, we talk about Tampa, Tampa and the Toronto and I'm losing my shit. Cause I don't want Toronto to win. I do not want Toronto to win. And I'm going to tell you this. Vanner, I'm I'm like an emotional wreck. He's like, you're too emotional, ribs, this and that. And I'm like, I just, I told him, I said, I just fucking hate Toronto Maple Leaf fan. That's it. And he goes, and he said to me, he goes, he goes, I'm with you, but this is perfect. They'll lose in seven at home, and he's got some popcorn beside it. So like, <laughs> see, it's I'm just like, it's just it's their history, man. It's it's what it's set. It's what it's setting up for yeah. again. And by the way, they could not have a worse opponent to have to try to beat 
to finish it off. Yeah. Back-to-back champions who know how to get yeah. it done under adversity. So what, what a game, what a game, <laughs> what yeah, a game. I mean, if, if Tampa wins in, in Tampa Bay to bring this to a game seven, it is going to be one of the most uh, watched, watched games, games in, in the 20 history. years. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. You're going to have leaf nation, which is literally a massive, massive, massive following. But you know what other you know what other fan base is going to be watching? But, uh, yeah, Montreal. the Montreal Canadiens, <laughs> yeah. and they're going to be sitting there going, "Come on, Tampa!" <laughs> but what a series! Yeah. I mean, I'm going to tell you right yeah. now when Amazing. when when you Amazing. need guys when you need guys to step up. Like I'm watching that game, and it's two nothing, and I'm thinking Tampa Bay has this completely in the bag. You got Johnny T who, you know, uh, finally woke up. Yeah. Keith's Keith said he's, he's coming. He's going to, he's going to explode here. Um, big goal by Johnny T William Nylander, Morgan Riley. And, uh, and then, who's and the other the guy boy. that scored? Who's the guy that scored the winner? Then the big boy. Then the big, big boy comes down. And I'm going to tell you this. Let's not just pat old Austin Matthews on the back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Do you see the play on that two on one? Is that on purpose? One thousand, absolutely one thousand percent. And even Austin Matthew, uh, after the game, talked about Mitch Marner making a shot pass. And people that don't know what a shot pass, like it's you're not shooting the score on the two on one. Uh, You know, Mitch Marner could not make the pass to Austin Matthews. So he directly put it along the ice on the far side, on the far side. It kicks right out onto the other side. You're taught that you're actually taught that when you're, when you're like 11, 12, 13 years old to shoot for the far pad. So it kicks out onto the other side and it was played absolutely perfectly. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, great, great for these guys, like great, you know, there's a lot of pressure there. You don't think there's pressure on Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and Riley and massive uh, more than anybody, more than anybody in the national hockey league by Connor McDavid close. Yes. Yes. Way more, way more. Yeah. I I agree with that. Way more, way more. But don't you think, okay. So, so, so those two guys have the pressure of the leaf of leaf nation on them, but Connor McDavid, I feel has the pressure of the entire hockey world because all all eyes are on him. 
yeah, but Leaf Nation is more violent and and um, I think injury riddled and wants it more as the as Leaf Leaf Nation fans all their frustration and all their which this is what probably one of the reasons why Riv hates the Leafs fans so much is because they do have that ah, more than the rest of the league looks yeah. at Connor McDavid right so I think for sure. Um, more you, you played a hundred. You played a hundred and fifty-four playoff games, Jr. Yeah. Um, was there a was there a year where you felt there was more pressure than uh, other years, or was there a year where maybe you felt all the weight was on your shoulders? Like, was it the year, uh, you know, when you were in Chicago and you went against you know Pittsburgh? No, because I was young. I was younger. You know, I had Michelle Goulet, Steve Larmer, and Shelley, and and guys like that, you know, on, on my team, I always had some, I always had a, a really good sidekick on my team that took a lot of the pressure off just me. Um, I always put pressure on myself though. I mean, that, that's, that's what you want. Um, you know, you never want to be that guy who has to answer questions in the media, why you didn't perform in playoffs or why you went cold. Right. Cause when I was in Chicago, I had, you know, those guys, plus I had Tony Monty. you know, when in Phoenix, I had, you know, Big Walt, Kachuk. Then in Philly, I had Mark Recchi, John LeClaire, Simone Gagne. I mean, I had a boatload there. Um, and then San Jose, same thing. So, no, I never I never felt like over – the pressure that I had was more within me. You know, you, you want to win and I never did, which is crazy to think after 21 years. But uh, um, I, I never had really – but the media attention – like an Austin Matthews has like that Canadian uh, print, Canadian radio, Canadian television, you know, TSN, just bantering down on you all the time, walking outside and every single fan knows what you did last night. So, I mean, we, I never had that. And I can't even imagine what it's like for some of these guys to have to live in that kind of pressurized situation every single day. Everybody's like, when are you guys going to win? When are you guys going to win? It would drive me fucking crazy. Do you think yeah. so? We had a conversation the other day too. We had a uh, someone tweet our show and basically ask, you know, is it the experience that is making these playoffs so unpredictable? Because you have Dallas who's pressing Calgary. I understand what happened last game, but Dallas who's pressing Calgary. You have Pittsburgh who you look at the Rangers wow. lineup and you look at Pittsburgh and I think there's a like how is this happening? And then you just look and you think experience, you know, it's, it's got to come down to the experience of the lineup. I, or I don't, I don't have an explanation for it. Otherwise. I think experience in the Pittsburgh series and when you have Malkin Crosby in the tank. Right. But I also think that I, I think, I think Mike Sullivan could be one of the most underrated best coaches ever. Yeah, you've said that before. Is why do you why underrated, do you though? Is he under? He's like a household name. He's won multiple Stanley Cups. No, 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 no. You, whenever you talk coaches, people talk coaches. They always talk about Barry Trotz. They talk about uh, Joel Quenville. They talk about, at the time, it was Ken Hitchcock. Uh, they talk about... Um, Scotty Bowman. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, who else could we talk about that's... Uh, um, um, oh, they talk about... Um, um, in Boston, um, uh, shit, 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 shit. 
uh, my old teammate too. <laughs> Cassidy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bruce, Bruce Cassidy. Bruce Cassidy. Fucking brain. Concussions. Concussions. <laughs> um, um, damn it. Um, but I don't think, I, I seriously don't think that, oh, you talk about John Cooper, right? Obviously two, two cups in a row. But I don't think you don't, you don't hear Mike Sullivan's name being thrown around as, as one of those elite best coaches ever. And if you watch what he has done with this Pittsburgh team through the, through the year, he had to change the whole mentality of his team that had to buy into a defensive system to win hockey games because they were depleted. Crosby was out. Malkin was out. Latang was out. They had so many injuries, but yet they kept winning hockey games. Um, these these guys like Rust and Genzel turn into, you know, dynamite diamond hockey players. By the way, Genzel could be one of the best playoff goal scorers I've seen in in today's game, and he doesn't get the kind of attention that he that he deserves. But that's because everyone will attribute it to playing with Crosby. Sure, of course. But he I don't I don't necessarily ride. do that. But I mean, I think that's what people will say in the there's, takeaway. There's something to it. Something to it. There's no question. Still got to put it in the net. You still got to have. I mean, if you watch this kid, if you watch Genzel, man, the, the, he he is so smart. You got to be in the right position. If you're playing with a guy like Crosby, you better do the right thing, right? And you better you better produce. And he has, which is why he's there and has stayed there for a long time. But I'm I'm shocked. I mean, they gave up a four one lead the other day, held in there, ended up winning six four. You know. Rangers, I, I picked the Rangers to win this series pretty easily. But why again, is I, that? Like, why? Like, I felt, I feel now that everybody picked the Rangers. And why, why is that? Why all of a sudden are we looking at the Pittsburgh Penguins and feeling like they're not, you know, noteworthy to say, yes, they're, they're in this? Like, everybody, age. I, uh, because, age. yeah, because, because, yes, exactly. Exactly, because Crosby's 36, because Malkin's 36, 30, 35. You know, the tags thinking, up there. Like, you know, you're thinking that these guys are in their you Yeah, know, but Malkin, he had prime. 41 games this year. He had 20 goals and 42 points. So I'm pace for 85 points and 40 goals. Mm-hmm. Is that guy old? The Tang like, had 68 points. Sidney Crosby play, uh, was hurt this year for a little bit. 69 games played. He had 31 goals. In 84 points. That should be Our your heart trophy for- winner, by the way. And, and, and Getzel, 76 games, 40 goals. 40 goals, 84 points. Wow. Then you have I mean, the, I mean, the, the, you know, your defenseman, because you, you have to have an, an elite defenseman, right? Every team, if you're going to win a Stanley Cup, you have to have an elite defenseman. Well, is this elite? 78 games, 10 goals, and 68 points. Chris Letang. That's elite. That's elite. I mean, That's elite. But you go down the list. The Jeff Carter 19 goals. Russ? Brian Rust had 24 goals in 60 games. He missed 22 games. He would have been a 35 goal scorer. You have Alan Rodriguez or Evan Rodriguez 19. That's for a van. Um, I mean, they're just uh they're absolutely stacked. Dan yeah. Heinen, 18, 18 goals. Um yeah. and I just Amazing. I, I, I wonder why everybody was picking the Rangers. Just Rangers. The Rangers show more flash, more offense. You look at their team. They have, they have, they have the big studs up front. They have Kreider. They have Panarin. They have Zibanejad. They have Fox. They have Truba. 
they got Shesterkin, who's who is up on for the Vesna, and I cannot believe, cannot believe that um, that Freddie Anderson is not on the Vesna ballot. You know, shame on shame on the National Hockey League for that. But anyway, um, they they have all the guns too in New York, and they were playing way better than the, than Pittsburgh coming in. So maybe that's why. But I'll tell you what, Pittsburgh's the real deal. They they are the real deal. Yeah. You can't, well, you, I, you, I just go back and I'm like, Adam Fox, how many playoff games has he, has he played in? And I know he, he had 74 points this year, 74 points in 78 games. Kid's an absolute rock star, but yeah, he hasn't played in the playoffs very much. And the yeah, playoffs and, are very he's different. Not, he's, than the he's, not, he's, he's not on the Norris trophy ballot. He, and he's a defending champion, defending winner. He's not yeah. on it. But, but does, do you think he deserves to be? Well, not when you, not when you have seasons like Kale McCarr, Roman Yossi and Victor Hedman, when you have three guys like that ahead of you, I can understand why he's not on it. So I think the right people are on it. I mean, Victor Hedman is an absolute freak of fucking nature. He is the biggest, one of the biggest beasts I have ever seen on defense. And I remember doing a, doing a, um, a segment with him when I used to work for that other network. <laughs> and um, I, I wanted to see the explosion uh, he's what six 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 five two hundred and thirty five two hundred and thirty five pounds he stood at the blue line guys and i asked him to go blue line to blue line and when i said go his first two strides literally shook the building and he was from blue line to blue line in less than three seconds i have never seen anything like it as a, I mean, I haven't seen Connor McDavid like skate from a stop position, but watching Victor Hedman, his size and his, how much he weighs the power, the strength and the speed that this, this guy has, uh, I was blown away. And you know, what's he been on six Norris trophies in a row? He's one, you know, he's one, yeah. two. I well, mean, let me ask geez. you this question. It might be harder. It might be real easy. If you had an opportunity to take one of the two players, would it be Victor Hedman or a Kale McCarr? Very different players, I, yeah, very yeah. different mm -hmm. style of players. But who would you want if you're building a team? Who are you taking one of those two? Wow. You know what? To tell you the truth, as much as I just blew up Hedman, I would take Kale McCarr. And, and, and so would I. And no. Yep. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't um, even know what he believes. Damn, yeah. what, damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! While well, well, Craig's damn thinking, it, how it. how long do we have with you? Because we know you got to hit the links here, so it's 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 almost. We, yeah, I gotta leave here. I gotta leave here by eight thirty. So I got uh, what time is it? Move your cup. Move your cup. Move your cup. All right. So oh, you're looking at my clock. Mm -hmm. Looking at my clock. Okay, so yeah, we got a little hasn't bit. worked in years. No, it, it's working right now. What are you talking it's, about? Yeah, it's on. It's on point. It's, it's on right point. on. We're good. <laughs> It hadn't worked in years until <laughs> till Jr. called me out on it. Then I threw so, a couple of batteries so I, in it. We got to get back to this because I'm I'm telling you right now that Kale, Kale McCarr is is he's the Connor McDavid of defense. Okay, I have I haven't seen a kid play that position. Well, what is Victor since, Hedman then? Is he the Sidney Crosby of defense? Yeah, probably. I think that's a good probably a good analogy a good um good segue into talking about different styles how they look how they play victor hedman is power 
right? He just powers through everybody. Kale McCarr is the slippery, sneaky, sly, fucking smooth, like dirty hands. So if you I mean, want, if you're building a team, you're going to take Kale McCarr. I am going to take it. You know why? Because he plays, he plays great defense too, and he's plus forty eight this year. The plus kids, 28 goals. I, I haven't seen I haven't seen a defenseman dominate a game like this kid does since Ball Coffee. Not not even close. Not even yeah. close. Um, I've, represented I, by Bartlett Hockey. Just got to throw that out there. Bartlett's Bartlett. <laughs> that was my but, agent too. You know, it's a great. It's I would I would. Now, like how are we not hear, getting this guy on the show? So by the way, I would like to hear, and I think it should be part of the uh, PD. It should be part of the of the, you know, the opening credits when you throw this out to the, you know, to the world, you know, would you, would you want to have a Kale McCarr versus Victor Hedman? Who would you want? I would love to see what people would say, because I mean, we're not even talking about Roman Yossi who had a, what, how, how, did he have a hundred points? Yossi? 90, 96 points. Jesus Christ. He only had 23 goals. So you can't pick him for, uh, can you pick him for the Norris with 23? Ooh, oh, 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 God. I mean, it's it's a slam dunk. Roman Yoshi's going to win it, but. Yeah. Holy mother. I just, I, I, I'm, you know, Kale McCarr to me, if you're, if you're picking one defenseman to build yeah. for your team, I, 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 you know, you look at this six foot six, 235 pound defenseman that can skate like the wind. He's not anywhere near as dynamic offensively mm-hmm. as Kale McCarr. He is like a forward that skates backwards. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but Victor Hedman had 20 goals this year. He had 85 <laughs> points in 82 games. He's plus 26. He is, he is the best defender in the National Hockey League. He is the best defender. Yeah. All on, around. On, and then he's a top three point producing defenseman yeah. in the league. So you have to yeah. take you have to take Victor Hedman if you've got one choice of of, of a defenseman. I just when I was the know. last time we saw a defenseman lead a team in scoring, a good team? I'm not talking about some shitball team where a defenseman has 60 points, which is an amazing year, and the next forward has like 56. I'm talking about when you're leading forward has 86 points, your next one is 84 in 69 games. And you have 96 points in 80 games. When was the last time we saw that? I, I can't remember. I mean, Paul Coffey didn't do it because of the teams he played on. Um, it's insane. I, that, it's insane to think. You have a defenseman insane. leading a really good team and scoring with over 90 points. It's and the, the amount of players that are point-a-game players this year I've never, I, I don't think I've ever, I can remember since shit, since maybe early, late 80s, early 90s, that there's this many. I was just going to say, guys. hockey hasn't seen this many kind of points by players uh, top to bottom on a roster since no. the 80s, early 90s. Because I remember, sure. yeah, I remember late 80s, early 90s, there was like, like 15 players that scored 50 goals in one year, right? Like in one year, there's like 15 or 10. There's a bunch. And then all of a sudden, we went through the New Jersey Devils trap bullshit, you know, era that changed everything and 
created this defensive system, then nobody could score fucking 50 goals for the longest time. And now we have, how many, how many do we have this year? Five, five, four, five, 50 goal scores. We had a 60 goal score. I mean, sick, sick. What, uh, just to go off, uh, you know, thinking of Nashville and I just want to quit, I want to get back to what we were talking about, but a quick thought on you have, uh, Nashville just lost out. Okay. And they got some work to do because they've got a massive, massive, massive player on their team that is going to be hitting unrestricted free agency this year. 27 year old Philip Forsberg. Forsberg. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, does he just, he just totally has them exactly what he scored 42 goals this year in 69 games. He missed 13 games. Okay. What do you do? What do they do with Philip Forsberg? Cause he's going to be demanding literally minimum $9 million. He's going to be in between nine and 10 million. Yeah. hundred percent. And you know what deserves it? He's been the most consistent player on that team besides Roman Yossi. People Without want Buffalo question. to go after him, Rev, by the way. I, I just I don't I don't know if he'll leave. If the, I don't know Listen, what their cap I mean, situation is. I don't know what their cap situation is. I know they have a lot in on Johansson, they have a lot in on Duchesne. And by the way, good for Duchesne having a bat bounce back year yeah. like he had this year. That guy was under a lot of pressure because he Well, just, you could say that about Johansson yeah. too. Yeah, exactly. Right? Same both, both those, those players. Yeah, well said. Well said. Way to give your Johansson because he's a good kid. Um, both those players had great years and have re, re, re-established their worth on that team. I don't know what their cap system is, but they have to find a way to, keep, to try to keep Forsberg. Now, whether he wants to be there or not is the, is, is the answer or the, the question. Um, well, how many teams in the league have the ability to pay a guy $9.5 million? Not very many. Well, if you go no. look at cap friendly and you look at the team that's like 18th on the list for cap space, like let's just go down to Minnesota here. You know, they're down toward the middle, bottom half, but like, you know, they don't have, they don't have any, any money. No, like no one has money to, to spend. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's absolutely. So Minnesota sits at 20, 20 in the league. And they have basically zero money for next year. It's crazy. It's fucking crazy. Like there's only there, you know, and they got to pay Kevin Fiala. So Nashville does have money. They have, they have $10 million. You know, Ottawa has 10 million Columbus blue jackets, 10 million Detroit Red Wings, 11 Anaheim, 11 and a half. And then 13 uh, Buffalo Sabres have 14 million. A ton of money. I just I don't see I don't see Forsberg leaving Nashville to go to any of those teams. Zero. None of those teams. I agree. Why would you want to leave Nashville? Because he's taking he's taking the the, he's he's diminishing his his opportunity to win a Stanley Cup. Does Nashville not have a uh, favorable uh, tax situation too? Um, Very. And how about more importantly, their property taxes. I know yeah. a guy that has a two million dollar yes. house in Nashville. He pays like seven grand in property taxes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I played with a guy in New Jersey who had a house that was that was two million dollars. He paid forty five thousand a year in property taxes. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a it's definitely a very friendly 
tax-friendly and livable city, right? And fun. Yeah. So I, I just, I don't see him leaving. I don't see Forsberg leaving. I think he's going to stay. Like even, they if they go hard, even if they go hard line on him and say, hey, uh, you know, we just can, as an organization, go more than uh, eight, uh, 8.5. I can't see him leaving. No. Even if he mm-hmm. could get $9 million or $9.5 million a year. Okay. Totally Number one, he can get an eight-year deal in Nashville. Okay. He can get an eight-year deal there. If he gets traded, he only gets a seven-year deal. Mm. Right? Yes. Well, if he, if he signs somewhere else, he uh, yeah, gets a seven-year deal. He gets right? a seven-year deal. So the eight-year yeah. is, is huge. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't leave. He doesn't leave. Yeah. But hey, listen, but you made a good point. Like Minnesota. How about Minnesota that doesn't have any cap space? It looks like they're, they're, they're most likely going to get trounced by St. Louis in the first round. Right? That, like, how are they going to, how are they going to get better? Like, this is the year that they thought that they were going to get past the first round and, and move on. And there's so much pressure up there in Minnesota too. And there's I know a horror you know, story that, that when you look at t- Minnesota and they've, they've had a fantastic season, great season. And I'm going to tell you right now, Bill Guerin, Bill Guerin has done an amazing fucking job, job with that with, and, and Everson has been, and they've done an awesome job with that team. Well, you I'm going to tell you right now, um, Bill Guerin better get to know Harry Potter because, uh, they need a wizard because right now in 2022, 23, uh, a guy th- by the name of Ryan Suter is going to be on, on the books for $6.37 million. And there's another guy named Zach Parisi, Zach Parisi. Yep. who's mm-hmm. also on the books for 6.37 million. They're on the books for 12 and a $12.7 million will come off their, off their cap right away before they even start. Yeah. I don't understand how is, they can even sign guys. Hate. This is why I said, you know, when, when, the, when the teams cry wolf and the GMs cry wolf, it's their own fault because they do these huge deals for long-term contracts, 10 years, eight years, nine years. I mean, I, listen, if I was a player, I, I don't blame the player for taking it. You got to blame the team for giving it. You know, mm-hmm. you remember back in the day when, when Rick DiPietro got a 15-year deal by the New York Islanders at an ungodly amount of money, and I think he played three years of it. Yeah. And I think Rick DiPietro played, like literally was retired and got paid for 12 years from the New York Islanders. Breezy and Suter signed those 13-year deals, both of them in the same day. Remember that? 13 years, same amount of money, same everything. It's such terrible business. And I'm not taking anything away from Parise and and Suter because they're they're great players. They're great competitors. And, you know, at the time, they were probably worth it. But you know they're going to go down in in talent and go down in production. And there's going to be a time where that contract is going to come back and they could fucking haunt you. I, I will say this. There's one, two contracts that, well, at least one contract, that long-term contract that I think is, I agree with, and that's Patrick Kane with, you know, the 10 years, 10 mil. Um, that kid just continues to, to light it up. I, I don't know how long Crosby's contract was, but, I mean, he's another one that, that works. I think he's finishing work. up on like a 10-year, maybe even a 12-year. Yeah. yeah, but it doesn't happen very often that players can play an entire 10 year contract at the level that they continue to be very productive. And 
it's one of these guys, one of these GMs going to learn. Yeah. Mike Richard, you, Evgeny Malkin, Evgeny Malkin in Pittsburgh. He's an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. And so is Chris Letang. Sidney Crosby at the age of 34 right now has three more years at 8.7. Three million in, in cash, though. Like that's the cap hit, but he yeah, makes he signed make a 12 million. year deal for a hundred and four and a half million dollars. And he's finishing up the last three years of that contract that pay him three, three, three a year. Hey, that's a, that's a good contract that, that, you know, and because it obviously it, it diminished as, it, as he got older, because he's, you know, obviously he's made, he's w- well worth more than three that he's, that he's, that he's playing at, but I'm telling you, I, I'm telling you, I think Malkin, I think Malkin is going to go to the New York Rangers next year. That's going to be Get my prediction. Get out of here. That's my really? prediction. I think that's my prediction. I think he's going to go. He's going to, he wants to play in the big apple. He's playing on a team. That's just, that's, that's on its way up playing with Panarin playing just Sturk and he's got a couple of Russians up there. You got the Russian contingency up in New York. And I think, I think, I think Malkin wants it once for once to get out of the Sidney Crosby shadow. I can't see him staying in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I want to go, there's a few Russians in, uh, in New York too. In Florida, yeah, like yeah. to stick together. You know what I mean? Like that's, they, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. And they all yeah. love those uh, New York city Russian spas. Eh? Like they're, <laughs> all the Russians, every time they want to go to, they want to go to the spa and then they want to go to Tao. That's where they, that's yeah. what they wanted yeah. to do. Hey, uh, a yeah. couple, couple things we got to make sure we get, get to with you today. Cause you, you said it specifically in a text message. Pierre Maguire let go from the Ottawa Senators. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that him being let go is funny. Your reaction to it is hilarious, though. It's just just so fitting. It's just so fitting. You know, it takes less than a year to have the team figure out that the guy is full of shit. Absolute full of shit. Uh, not a fan, I take it. No. No, I am not a fan. I've, I've had more things said to me by Pierre Maguire that have turned out to be total bullshit, total hogwash, just just words, and no, 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 no loyalty whatsoever. I've uh, no I've only met him a couple times, but there was there was just one. There's there's only one story that I remember hearing about Pierre McGuire. But, but let me let me let me let me tell you why I'm uh, I'm so not a fan anymore. Because I, I, at one time I I was I was a fan and and did like him and appreciate him. Um, but you know when I said that you find out who your friends are and when they're not when things get tough and things happen. So when I got fired. Um, a couple of years back, there were three people, three people that I worked with very, very closely that were my teammates, were the people that um, that were behind me, rah, rah. Hey, I can't tell you how many times Pierre Maguire said, I'm going to get you into the Hall of Fame this year. You're in this year. I'm going to make sure you're in this year. I'm got you behind. Blah, 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 blah. Diarrhea of the mouth. Bullshit. Um, 
which again, he never, nothing ever came to fruition. But anyway, three people that didn't call me that I would expect, you know, if like, if you got fired, Petey, I'd call and say, Hey bro, I'm, that sucks, man. I'm sorry. That's so on and so forth. I've even done it to friends of mine who have gotten fired from other positions. You, you call, you call, you say, man, I'm going to miss you. Sorry. It was great working with you. So on and so forth. Even if you're not super close, you just, you still offer that moral well, support for, of a former well, colleague. Well, for a guy who literally sucks your ass. Okay. And kisses your ass because he, you know, because he, he, he wants to make you feel good or whether he really respects you. That's how Pierre was to me, right? Blowing my doors off of how you're so good. No one play like JR. You deserve to be here <laughs> for somebody like that, that talked the way that he talked to me, by the way, this is the first time I've ever talked about this, about Pierre Maguire. So this is like, this is brand new out of my mouth. I've never said it before, but I don't mind saying it. You would expect a phone call. It's, it's, it's okay. You expect a phone call. That's, not, that's, it's, that's the least that you can do. Three people, three people that I would expect to, to get a phone call from, I never got one. Actually, four, four people. Number one was Pierre McGuire. Never made a phone call. Never called me after, just disappeared. That was one. Uh, Liam McHugh. Okay, who now is thinks thinks he's the main he's the the main show at TNT and talks more than any host that I've ever seen in my life. Doesn't let talk, doesn't let Biz, doesn't let um, Anson speak. He he thinks he's the show, Mister Mister Little Lee. Kind of reminds me of Ryan Seacrest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, a little a little arrogant, a little you know, very arrogant. But he's good at what he does. But he thinks he's the show, Liam McHugh. So that's number two. The other one that sits right next to him, Anson Carter, never got a call from him, which is fine. And the, th the, the fourth one that probably bothers me the most out of all of them, because I, I put him on a pedestal and I think a lot of people put him on a pedestal, which he deserves to be on because he's the best announcer of all time. Um, and Doc Emmerich. Right. I would expect Doc Emmerich at least to give me an email saying, you know, too bad, man. Sorry that happened to you. It was great working with you. You know, good luck. But didn't get that either. So those four people, four people, but it was the Pierre Maguire who totally, totally was in my grill saying how great I was, how great I've been. You're the best. You deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. You're, you're the one of the best announcers. The NBC is so excited, to is so lucky to have you. Blah, 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 blah. And then listen to all of his, listen to all of his stuff on air when he's talking about, oh, this guy's from the, from the lake region of Sweden. And, oh, he went to college. He played for this. Like, I don't, enough, enough. It's time, yeah, for, it's time, it's time for Pierre Maguire to go into gardening and get away from <laughs> hockey. Well, listen, there's only, there's only one, there's one story I've, I've heard about Pierre Maguire and I met him and he's always, he's always been nice to me, but he's, he's, he, he's a nice person. Like when he talks to you, but I, you know, I know guys that played for him or he, when he was the assistant coach in Hartford and I had heard that he used to sit in the bathroom 
with his feet up under the stall so that people didn't know he was in there. And he would listen to the conversations and then go and tell like the coach and the GM, you know, what he's Believe hearing. It. Believe it. 100%. That's what, him and Darcy Regeer are the, are the two people that I heard that were most famous for that. But 100%. That, let me just say, let me just say, it does not surprise me one bit that, that Pierre Maguire lasted less than a year in Ottawa. Well, I'm I'm sorry you I'm sorry you have those hard feelings. You know, I mean, you did a great job at me NBC, too. So me you know, too I mean, because I, hey, it, listen, because I'm I'm I listen. I love my friends, man, and you guys know I love my friends. I hate I hate when my friends let me down. I hate it. That's why I try not to let my friends down. I mean, I try not to, but you try to be as as compassionate and attentive as you possibly can. And but I guess not everybody stays on it. Well, let's shift gears here to another another person let go this week. Maybe more shocking to you wow. than Pierre Maguire is Barry Trotz. Barry Trotz, yeah. That's shocking. There's got to be more. There has got to be. And I'm not saying that I'm looking for dirt or that he did something wrong. But there has got to be more to the story because if there's one coach in the league who – you know, yeah, they missed the playoffs. They were the the ninth team in the in the conference. They they were the next team out of the wild card, and you know, and they were out by by a lot of points. But they started a thirteen game road trip, and then they were hampered by COVID. And I thought if there's one coach that maybe gets a little bit of a free pass, it would have been Barry Trotz. I, I, I so to hear Lou Lamorello say that you know it's a business decision and it you know there's it just I don't, I don't know exactly what Lou said, and there's one person in the world I don't want to misquote, and it's Lou Lamorello because he'll hear about it and he'll find you. Um, but, <laughs> but it's like I, I, just, I just thought that was a, a shocking move. Well, we're going to find out. And, Riv, I'm, I'll be interested to hear what you have to say. If he, if he takes a job very quickly right now um, and gets back into the league at another place, because you know the teams are going to be calling him. There's no question about it. Teams that are looking for a coach like Detroit, you know, they're going to call Barry. Um, you know, in Chicago, they all these teams are going to be looking for Barry Trotz. If he takes a job, you, you know that he got pushed out and it wasn't just that, you know, I'm kind of tired. I need to step away, right? So we're going to know pretty soon whether he was forced out or whether it was his decision. I wonder if it's mutual. I wonder if there was an agreement between him and Lou to say, listen, Barry, you're, you're almost 60 years old. I need a guy to right the ship here. I've got a really good hockey team. Um, this could be a dangerous team, okay? And they, they were that. They were that for, for, for a couple, couple years. Um, well, who's the assistant coach there that, that, that is taking over that they're, they're talking about that that, that that was kind of a mentorship um, for Barry to – bring along this next guy. I don't know who's taking over. What's his name? Um, I know it's just so fresh. So yeah. and I don't know this, 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 this younger guy, but I'm terrible with this shit with assistant coaches for sure. But I think you yeah. two, uh, I think you two guys should be, but I look at, I look at the Islanders. In. They, you know, and Barry Trotz came from, from Washington after winning a Stanley cup, which was eyebrow raising that the Washington capitals would let Barry Trotz go after winning a Stanley cup lane Lambert. Yeah, okay. okay. Well, look at, I mean, it, 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 Riv, and what you're saying is it, it goes back even further. 
when he was in Nashville, he was in the minor league at Nashville. And in his first year, took the team to the Calder Cup, missed it, then went to the Calder Cup the next year and won it. Okay. So right from the start of his coaching career back with the minor league club with Nashville, he was, he was, a, he was a winner. Then he went to Nashville, which was a, uh, a new team in the National Hockey League, and got them to the playoffs within three years and then to a Stanley Cup within seven or eight. So this guy, and then he goes to Washington and wins a cup. He's been one of the best coaches in the game consistently for 20 years, at least. Was he that good? Was he that good of a coach? Now, listen, I'm not saying he's not a good coach, okay? He's won a cup and everything, but in his, he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 years in Nashville. He missed the playoffs, okay, the first five year in expansion team. Uh, but then lost in round one, lost in round one, lost in round one, lost in round one, out of playoffs, lost in round one, lost in round one, lost in round two, out, out, out in round two, out in round two. Oh, no, wait, that's Washington, the last lost in round two, uh, lost in round two. Those were Washington. I mean, like of the 15 years, he was five, six, seven, eight. I mean, he 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 he, he, he never got out of the second round, but he only made he only made the second round twice. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, but it's he was also argument. in Nashville for a lot of those years, right? All those yeah. years. Okay. Yeah, so years. they had, so when everybody was spending, you know, 10 to 15 to $20 million more than Nashville every day, every year, because Nashville had, uh, you know, an internal salary cap, he was producing with teams that were like, how the hell are they making the playoffs every year? Yeah, fair That's enough. why he's very fair point. such a great coach. Yeah. Getting the most out of, most out of, you know, squeezing the shit out of a, you know, out of, a you know, I, tree, I, green. I think too, you know, he has been coaching an ungodly amount of years and he has had such success and there's so much um, love and appreciation for Barry Trotz. I wonder because right now, who's like, what team's available for him to go to? I keep hearing like, oh, Winnipeg is just sitting on his doorstep. This is no. Has Vegas announced what they're going to do with DeBoer yet? There you go. That's what I'm. I think Barry Trotz is. He, he's 59 years old. He's got a. I think a couple more years left of coaching, and I think he wants to be picky. I think he wants to sit back and I think he wants to wait for a monster hockey team. Like the Leafs to lose in the first round and them say Sheldon Keith is, look, Sheldon Keith is the last person that should be fired in this league. Yeah, but he's going to if they lose. He he shouldn't be. Go look at the last three years. This this guy. It's not about whether he deserves to. It's about whether or not you can get an upgrade. If you can upgrade. Is Barry Trotz an upgrade from Sheldon well, Keith? You, you, but you I don't know. Is he? One, you, you might have another one that comes in. You might have another one who has an opportunity to come back in. If Joel Quenville gets reinstated and come back in to be a coach, Joel Quenville will be even a better situation in Toronto if he comes back in. Should he be reinstated? I think he should. I don't know that he should or shouldn't. I just, I, I'm that, uh, that whole Chicago situation, you know, sickens I think, me still. I think he should. Yeah, I think he should, but we'll, we'll, that remains to be seen, but there could be two 
very, very high profile, very, 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 very good coaches that could come into play over the summer. And and when you look at that, how many high profile teams that have the ability to win right now? Because every team goes through an evolution of of you know a, a build and building their team to get to a spot you know, that, uh, now, now they have a chance to win and how many teams right now, you know, Florida Panthers, Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. But do you, do you actually think Edmonton Oilers are a team that has a chance to win? Um, whenever you have a dry side, goaltending is their goaltending is 40 years old, 40 year old goaltender in Smith. Their defense is completely average at best. And they have no depth beyond four or five players. But they're nope. going to be again, which is which, and I think, which is even more reason why they need a better bench coach behind that bench, getting those te- those players. Don't I mean those players that they have behind McDavid and Drysaitel, they could play, they just don't, for whatever reason. And Edmonton screwed because it's Edmonton. Like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. They had to rig the draft. So that McDavid would end up there because otherwise they were screwed. Like Edmonton is so, even with McDavid, it's going to be very hard to lure players to Edmonton. I mean, it fucking snowed there yesterday. You know what I mean? It's like, like, <laughs> you know, like good luck selling that to a free agent. Like here in Buffalo, we just had, we had 80 degree weather yesterday. It was unbelievable. But you know, Edmonton, it snowed and it's like, you just, it's not, it's not. Yeah. It's not well, a de- desirable we'll destination. The, the only Back reason when we were 15, 15 years ago, Petey, we were on the plane. We were having this conversation. What were the top three places you wouldn't want to go? Almost every Islanders, the Jersey, plane. Edmonton. Those three. Buffalo. When I was there, it was Jersey, Winnipeg, Edmonton. <laughs> Those three. Jersey, Winnipeg, Edmonton. Yeah. And I would yeah. I for me, when I was in Montreal. The, my top three, and 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 it was almost across the board on our team because we were just having fun. It was Edmonton, the Islanders, and Buffalo. Wow, crazy, crazy. JR, would you Buffalo. would you ever ever played in Buffalo? For if, sure. the te- if the team was good and they're like, "Hey, we'll pay you your freight, For whatever sure. your salary." Hundred percent. Yeah. I would have played. I, you know, you know, I won my first Bantam National Championship in Saberland way back in 1984, I think it was 84. I, 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 I love, I lived in Rochester when I was a kid. So I, I love the area and I love the fan base. I, I do. I've, I have for a long time now, granted, you know, their teams have not been good, but I've always, always loved the area. Always loved Buffalo the, is a top passionate, three passion in the league yeah. by far Fan-wise. times Fan-wise. fucking 10. No, 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 no. The worst team in the league. Oh, by yes. far yes. times 10 yes. until you get here. Yeah. yeah. Until you get here. It has such a bad rap. You know It has such a bad rap until you get here and you know the fan base, yeah. you know the city. Yeah. It is sucks you in and you're like, yeah. look at me. I didn't want him want to come to Buffalo yeah. and phone the GM for a month and a half when he traded yeah. me. Now I'm here 15 years later, and I think this place yeah. is absolutely incredible. It's, I hear, and you know what else? Another city that's just like that that I hear about is St. Louis. 
People yeah, another another city that's considered yeah. a bit of a yeah. shithole and uh, not yeah. a great. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, it's but, true. But great until fan, you great get there. fan base, great fan base, and great place to live, great place yeah. to raise your kids. So you um, say that, Rip. So anyway. Buffalo and St. Louis have the two biggest alumni associations in the NHL. They stay because yeah. they stay. They all oh. stay. They stay. Well, listen, I I I want to finish this show. I want to I want to maybe make a couple predictions. Let's make because there are a couple series here that are literally on the two, two on the brink that are like this. Can Boston come back and win at home against Carolina? Cause they put up a valiant effort against Carolina. I think they've played way over their heads is can Calgary put out the Dallas who is playing defensively and Joe Pavelski can again showing it can Calgary finish them up. Can Florida come back after a big win and win a big game at home to, I mean, they're the second place team in the league and now they're struggling with the Washington Capitals. Like can the Capitals come back and beat them? I don't know. Correction. First place team in the league. I thought Colorado was first. Oh, sorry Panthers, about this. Panthers got it, but that's all Panthers right. Panthers first. Yeah. Okay. So Joe Thornton, Joe Thornton is in jeopardy of now having won the president's cup trophy twice and losing in the first round. I did it. I won the President's Trophy twice and lost in the first round. I don't think it's happened too many times. I've been a part of two of them. And, and Joe Thornton, I want him to win a cup so bad. I'm, I'm dying, for, dying for the Panthers to win. I'm nervous as shit. Not only, not only am I nervous as shit for Joe Thornton, but I bet $200 on the Panthers to win at minus 400. If they lose a series, I lose eight hundred dollars. Damn it! I, I they got to come back and win. <laughs> well, I'll so, tell you what. Uh, a Leaf, it would be Leafs Panthers next round, wouldn't it? Or Tampa Panthers because I think they stay in the division, don't they? Or do they? I can't remember if they reset. They reseed. They reseed? They yeah. I don't know how. Well, that's a be. shame. But well, listen, man. Anything? What are we missing? Is there any anything we're uh, we're missing before we uh, let you go? Apparently, Jack Eichel was playing with a broken thumb since March seventeenth. Uh, that's just some news that came out yesterday. And uh, expect, expect him expect him to have a big year next year. Expect him to have a big year next year. I do. I expect yeah. him to get ninety points next year if he's healthy. Yep, hundred percent. And by the way, anything less than ninety points is is, is a disappointment. I think for him yep. next year with that team. You know, I was talking to uh, a couple guys in the golf course last night or yesterday, and uh, you know they were asking me about Eichel and you know this and that, and I just I I, I looked at these guys. I said, you know what, he should be the last guy that's on our mind right now. He yeah. is in a he is in a new environment. I'm yeah, happy for right. Jack Eichel. He needed a change. So do the Buffalo Sabers in this fan base in this organization. Now. We did not, as a fan base, we did not want Jack Eichel to make the playoffs. Now we can all sit back and have a bit of a smile and smirk on our face because Jack Eichel didn't make the playoffs, and it's all his fault. Well, it's not all his fault, okay? I'm going to say this. He is a great hockey player, a great hockey player. He's in a new environment. It's not the first time this has happened where a star player has left an organization and has gone on to another spot. It's over. I don't want to hear any more. I don't want I Jack agree. Eichel to make the playoffs. I don't. I want Jack Eichel to have no success. No, 
Let's the draft chip. lottery yesterday, it was, for me, that was the end of it. That you know, Sabres yeah. have their draft pick. Move on, baby. It's, it's not in the top 10, so it's not protected. It's the 16th pick, and now you know that what the pick is, and it is, it's over. I mean, for me, the Jack Eichel era in Buffalo is uh, closed last night. Well, I agree with you all, but listen, I, I got to run, but these playoffs have been so much fun. I can't wait to, for next week to get on the show to talk about who ended up winning this first round because it's been probably one of the most exciting first rounds that I can remember in, in, in playoff pass. Yes, like sir. Goals, goal, goals galore. I mean, p- personal performances. You know, you had Marshawn with five points. You have, you're watching this McKinnon play right now. He is possessed beyond possessed. Um, Tom McCarr is leading the playoffs, by the way. Not a big deal. Represented by Steve Bartlett and the Bartlett boys, Brian Scotty. Holy shit. Holy shit. You know, what Dallas is doing, I didn't didn't think they could keep up. What Washington's doing, I didn't think they could keep up. I mean, what L.A. is doing. Boston. Man, I I can't wait. I can't wait to see what happens, boys. Love you. You're the man. Thanks. Have some fun. Skyline Construction. When's the whiskey coming out? End of the month, buddy. You know, I'll have it with me. I'll have it with me when it's time. I need a bottle. I'll be 10 years sober on May 15th. That's my day. So I won't be drinking any, but I know a lot of people that love to try it. This is what we have to do. When it does come out, I have to come to Buffalo and we'll have like a, like a, like a, a whiskey kind of breakout party, launch party in Buffalo. And we'll do the show and bring on some people. We can do it someplace in Buffalo. We got to do that. That'd be cool. Now we're talking. Shakalaka. Now we are talking. Sounds good. See you, man. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.